Morning, team. Nice to have your company. To have your company. Nice. Trust you well this morning. Thursday morning in London town. Actually, it was typical yesterday. I didn't bring an umbrella in. Richard Hakey's weather said uh, it's, it's going to be a bit wet today. And I thought, I'll make it out of the front door, get to the bus stop, get the bus, be fine. What happens? Open the front door, walk outside, the rain comes down. I can't believe it. So, of course, I'm trying to be casual, walking along. The time we get to Twickenham, it's tipping it down. Tipping it down. But, of course, I'm, th- I'm determined not to huddle under Graham's umbrella because he's got one of these tiddly-piddly umbrellas which, you know, wouldn't cover a, a rat if it was drowning. So, eventually we got home, then the, then the rain cleared up again. And it was all fantastic. Anyway, being Thursday, talking fantastic. Not been here for a couple of weeks. He's been sorting out his ASBO. But, luckily, now it's all, it's all done and dusted and behind him, as they say. Or in front. It's Paul Savory. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> Isn't it? Have you noticed? You are horrible to me. I know. I, I, I can't help it. I, I try my best, but, you know, something in... No, it doesn't mean a thing. No, all right. This is uh, Dominic Dunn who's died, Paul Dominic said. Dunn, And yes. I went, who? I didn't know who he was. Well, he was, uh, he was the father of Dominique Dunn, who was the girl in Poltergeist that got murdered. Yeah. And uh, he was also a famous um, uh, a broadcaster in America. Oh, right. And, doesn't uh, mean anything to me, I'm afraid. Yeah. Even when you showed me a picture, I'm none the wiser. Oh, he's very good. Really? Yeah. Was, yes. <laughs> Have you noticed, is it my imagination or is winter setting in? Everywhere you go now, the wind is blowing all the leaves off the trees. Yep. And we're getting now piles of brown. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is September. Is that it? We've had summer. Now we're into the winter. Well, that usually follows. No, no it does it just actually. Seems a bit it's all autumn in between, isn't it? Yeah. I noticed because my my rechargeable <clears throat> fairy lights out in the the garden are not work. <laughs> They're not working as much as they uh, as they were before because we're not getting as many hours sunshine. <laughs> So if no. you bought them and they're not they're not doing what they're supposed to do, it's because we haven't as much sunshine. Did you ever get much light out of them? Yeah, yeah. Out of the the, uh, the fairy lights, yes. The, uh, they, they were uh, solar. Yes, they? yes. Oh, mine never worked. Really? I threw them in the bin. Oh no, mine worked beautifully. Worked beautifully. They're still <laughs> going. I've got three three sets on. Although a set of white, set of blue, and two hundred and forty in the white. <laughs> no answer. The, uh, the, the garden's looking fabulous. Is it? Well, it's, it's, you know, wet one day, hot the next day. It's perfect, perfect weather for plants, yeah. really. My, my figs have just started sprouting. Well, my succulents, you should see them. Really? Well, Huge. I think many have over the years. Many have. I think, you know, you ask people around his area, what about Paul's succulents? And they're the first ones to put their hands up and tell you. I do love this story. Only in America can this story happen. A comedian is being sued by her mother-in-law for making too many jokes about her. This is Sunder Kroonquist, who's been taken to court by her mother-in-law for spreading false, defamatory and racist lies. Ruth Zaffrin from New Jersey wants damages from her daughter-in-law and a court ruling to end the jokes. So, in other words, you know people go and go, take my mother-in-law, please. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And she's been telling jokes because, uh, like many stand-up comics... Uh, Kroonquist sprinkles her out with mother-in-law jokes. Mrs Zaffrin, who's in her 70s, is Jewish. Many of her jokes are about the culture differences, with Kroonquist being half Swedish and half black. So you can see the, the, the dilemma you're getting here. The couple have two children. She was raised as a Catholic, but she had converted to Judaism. They live in Beverly Hills, the comic does. It says they're nice jokes. There's nothing defamatory. One of them goes, I'm a black woman with a Jewish mother-in-law. The only thing we have in common is that we don't want to get our hair wet. Well, you know, get over yourself, uh, Ruth. Get over yourself, for Christ's sake. Fancy taking your daughter in... What the hell's happened to the screen this morning? What a strange colour that is. Where's that come from? Blue we've got now. Oh, that's... No, I'll, I'll cope with that. Blue's nice. 
Yeah, I'm not, not sure about that, actually. Anyway, um, Miss, Mrs Zafrin and her daughter have refused to comment. The lawsuit has been filed by Mrs Zafrin, her daughter, Shelley Edelman, and Shelley's husband, Neil. Get over yourself, for Christ's sake. Please get over yourself. It's just getting ridiculous now, isn't it? It is. Yeah, this is your mother-in-law, and the mm. mother-in-law's taking her daughter-in-law to court for not just, you know, but for false, defamatory and racist lies. She's a comedian! You stupid woman. And the sad thing about it is, <laughs> in America, she'll probably win. Oh. Mother-in-law, that is. Do you know, they just... It just beggars belief. There was a woman a short while ago... Was it a bloke? It was a bloke who took this woman to court for the simple reason they'd made a date and she'd cancelled it at the last minute. So he goes to court over it because he'd spent money buying a new suit, he'd had to travel all the way over to meet her and she'd cancelled it. What a stupid man he was. And you see them every day on the te- The Ricky Lake Show puts them out. All these people. It's just unbelievable. I would wager that's probably why he's single. I, I would probably uh, agree with you. But people do, don't they? People sue at the drop of a hat now. I'm terribly sorry. You're a fat waste of space. You're a lump of lard. <laughs> Give me money. And that's what you get nowadays. People go trotting into court. I tell you, if I was a judge, what do you, you want what? Get out, you fat lump. Go and lose some weight. Get out there. Unless it's a medical condition, I'm having nothing to do with you. People complained the other day there was a, a, gar- a Guardian journalist whose girlfriend is Latvian. OK, this is very important for the story. Right. You tell me if you think it's right. She's complaining about the uh, protectthemarket.com, protectthemirkat.com. Yeah. Because she thinks this taking the piss out of Latvian accents... Now, to be honest with you, it never crossed my mind that this meerkat was Latvian. It's never been mentioned, has it? I don't think. And she finds this racist. And he says, on watching it, he thinks it's racist as well. Oh, please. Do you remember there was a chimpanzee... Well, maybe the the meerkat is Latvian. Maybe it's not putting on an accent. No, he's not. (laughs) He's Russian. He's Russian, the meerkat. Okay. (laughs) With a website. But as we all know, Russians all crooks. All crooks and drug dealers. All Russians. Oh, Lord. There you go. Let's do that one. <laughs> do you remember the woman... <laughs> producer just fallen off her chair for some reason. You know you can't libel a group of people. I'll explain that one to you later, OK? You might, well, we're going to have to upset the Russians. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's upset them as well. Do you remember somebody complained there was a chimpanzee eating... I control him. There was a chimpanzee <laughs> eating a banana on television and this black woman wrote in and said this was a gross insult to black people. And it got as far as court... Because she said this was stereotypically racist. It was a chimpanzee eating a banana. And so, anyway, so the court went, well, what's... She said, because this depicts a black person. They went, chimpanzee, what are you talking about? And in the end, it got thrown out. Of course it did, because clearly she was the one that was delusional. Fancy even getting that far, though. What sort of stupid lawyer would go, oh, I can make money out of that. Yeah, all right, take it to court. It just, it beggars belief, as far as I'm concerned. People sue at the drop of a hat now. Well, when I go to my lawyer and I say something... Nigel, I want you to blah. You'll say it's not worth it, Paul. Don't no. worry about it. Let it go. So I do. Kerry Katona's yeah. uh, <laughs> accountant thought differently. She goes into the office, big loudmouth old lardy, and uh, she starts having a go at him because she's blaming him for her not having any money. Unfortunately, she then threw a cup of tea over him. Storms out the office, ah. gets into her BMW. He calls the police. This old bag has just assaulted me. Please go round the house, arrest her. She's, uh, she's in a cell at the moment, awaiting the court this morning. Why don't you just, uh, you know, do the decent thing, Kerry? Go and move somewhere else. Go and move anywhere. We don't really want you in this country. You're a waste of space, What dear. is it about girls from, uh, from pop groups? 
that that seem to have to prove something to everybody. I tell you what it is. Well, actually, I don't know what it is. I was just making that bit up. No. I just, I tell you what, because I was thinking, you've interviewed them, I've interviewed mm-hmm. them. I've interviewed hundreds of groups over the years, and I'm telling you that the new groups are the worst ones to interview because they've got, ladies and gentlemen, absolutely nothing to talk about. They haven't done anything, but somebody has said to them, oh, you're really famous, we're going to take your pictures, look at this, take your pictures here, you're a big star. No, I, you're not. I blame the Spice Girls. Oh, me always too. did. This girl power stuff has, has ruined a lot of uh, rubbish. Lot of, I, I was always taught to to treat girls as ladies, and and they're not ladies anymore. No. Well, there was that program, the Ladette to Lady. Do you remember mm. where they took a load of old? Apparently, they were women uh, off an estate, and they tried to turn them into ladies. Well, you know, silk purse sow's ear. It doesn't work. I'm afraid you cannot do it. What's the point of trying to change who you are if that's what you are? That's what you are. Look at all these football thugs the other day, highlighted on the television. A sad bunch of old pansies out there who've got nothing better to do. They were stereotypical of people who intimidate. Yeah. That's what they are. And luckily they will be caught. I mean, there's a couple of them in the papers today. Fat, overblown, useless lumps. They're not football fans at all. No, they're nasty little bullies. Little being the operative word. Mostly they seem to be men who fit a particular stereotype. I've got no idea what that stereotype is, apart from they all look as stupid as each other, I'm afraid, which is a little bit disappointing. I agree. Paul. Steve, a man from China... <laughs> We're I, have to do these China. I have to do these Chinese stories because they're the only <laughs> ones that don't get in the papers. Um, decided to keep fit using two old mortars before a friend noticed the devices were still alive. The former Army Naval officer said, a colleague told me that they were diffused and they were heavy in the right sh- and the right shape, so I took them home to use as dumbbells. Even my two sons used them as well for training. I can't believe we trained for them for, th- for 30 years <laughs> with nothing happening. The mortars were discovered by chance when a friend from the local police force who was also specialised in explosives, visited, visited his home in Chongqing. Well, I Chongqing, saw, Chongqing yes. It all happens there. When I saw one of the mortars, I was sweating. The firing pin was in the position of readiness. It could explode or, if violently hit or shaken, it could go off, said the police officer. Once exploded, the result is beyond imagination. Police have diffused the mortars and they'll now be put on display in a local military museum. Lovely. Reminds me of another story this morning in the paper. The Taliban have got a way of, uh, of putting fear into their, uh, the people who oppress them. They don't take them out and shoot them now. They take them out and blow them up. And there are pictures in the paper today of one such man who was blindfolded, taken out, tied to a post, explosives put in his pocket, and they blew him up. And this apparently is a deterrent from the Taliban. A bigger bunch of pansies you'd be hard pushed to find, ladies and gentlemen. Quarter past five. News headlines. Some NHS nurses are being accused of subjecting elderly patients to cruel and demeaning treatment in hospital. The Patients Association has revealed tales of people being denied food and drink and having call bells taken off them so they can't attract attention. Organisers of a climate camp on Blackheath are getting the site ready for a week of education about environmental action. More than a 1,000 supporters travelled from across the UK to London for the Camp for Climate Action yesterday. Outspoken Tory MEP Daniel Hannan won't be disciplined over his latest controversy. He's told an American internet TV channel that Enoch Powell was his British political hero. 
Let's check on the uh, roads for you this morning. It's Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. Good morning. Uh, we're starting Hackney. Hackney Road is closed both ways. Ropley Street to Garner Street because of an accident at the moment. Centre Town has Gooch Street closed both ways. Uh, Cleveland Street up to Tottenham Court Road because of a burst water main. Uh, the strands are still down. Point three. Don't forget, uh, shortly we'll be talking to Nathan Morley in Cyprus because uh, he's lovely over there. Although what their weather's been like, compared to what we've been having over here, things we now move into winter. Paul Saver is here as well, being Thursday. Good morning. And Roger Foss here a little bit later on. Isn't it funny, Joe Calzaki, a boxer, mm-hmm. who is going into the Strictly Come Dancing, it was only a short while ago. In fact, I remember, because we played the clip on this programme, he says, if ever you see me on reality TV, you can shoot me in the head. So we'll just take you out tomorrow, <laughs> shall we, Joe? <laughs> Another one of these people who tells lies, I'm afraid. Honestly, but apparently he's the favourite to win. I mean, oh. how stupid can you be? These bookmakers must be laughing through their, you know, through their purses, I suppose. Favourite to win. Nobody's danced. His family say he can't dance at all, but apparently he's quite light on his feet. Which used to be a euphemism for being a bit gay, I should say. Somebody said you're a bit was, light on the... Yeah. Yes. I'm quite sure that Joe Calzacchi... Although, strangely enough... He's split from his uh, fiancée. Uh, her name is Joe Emma. You know, they've all got stupid names, haven't they? Joe Emma. I know. Don't ask me why. I mean, Joe Emma just sounds a bit naff. Well, it's just it? a little bit effective. People are using their middle names now as well. Because Joe Emma's not a name, is it? No, it's not at all. And there's a picture of her, and she looks, you know, like a Joe Emma. I don't know. What, I don't know why people do that. Have you noticed? A lot of people now have double-barrelled names, and you look at them and you think. I don't think so, dear. That used to mean somebody titled or something like that. But Joe Emma, they've split up after five years. Uh, since he retired from the ring, they've had a load of rows. You know why? Because he's bored witless. He's got nothing to do. Yeah, he's got nothing at all to do. He has no particular talent for doing anything, so he's going to try and convince you that he can dance. Whereas he can't dance because his family have told us he can't dance. So, anyway, and uh, he's also been through one woman. He's, he's married. I think he has uh, children as well. Uh, then he went out with Joe Emma. And now he's not with Joe Emma anymore. So he'll be turning up on the television together with Linda Bellingham, Phil Tufnell, waste of space, Zoe Lucker, and uh, a few other strange people. Although one of the papers this morning has picked up on the BBC Sport Man and gone, who is he? I think Amanda Platella said, who is this person? It's some bloke who does BBC Sport. Right. You know, they're that desperate. They've dragged somebody up from the lower echelons of the BBC News programme to go, would you like to make a fool of yourself? And tell oh, yeah, I'll show people I've got a personality. It's well, a, I think the BBC have totally lost the plot. Totally. I agree. I agree. It's a shame, really, isn't it? It is, because it was a great channel. Yes. And it's now. Uh, in fact, it was, it was the best. Yes. Around the world, people knew what it channel. meant. Now it stands for, we don't mind if you take drugs. They've got Martina Hingis in it, suspended from Wimbledon for, for cocaine taking. Yeah. And she said, I don't want to talk about it, that's all behind me now. Well, I'm sorry, love, I don't think it is. You know, just one of those things. No, if you've done it, you've done it. Yeah. It's not behind you unless uh, the public forget about it. It's like and they it, haven't. all this stupid stuff now. Um, uh, the uh, Anne, Anne Robinson has she had a facelift? Has she not? I couldn't give a stuff. If she's, she's had, had a facelift, lots of exactly. She's had loads and she of facelifts. Admits to it. Well, on the latest one, she's not admitted. Wow. I suppose just to get interest going, mind you. Sure. Apparently, Katie Price has had uh, mm. sexual relations, it is claimed in the paper, with this Brazilian boy, who she was pictured with the other day. And he says she likes to show off and tease, but has sex in the dark and hates having her boobs touched. Well, I mean, they're not her boobs, are they? Well, they're not hers. I they thought they, they were somebody else's. <laughs> <Or> are, they, <laughs> are they hers again? I don't know. Well, they're going up and down like a balloon. Well, she owns them at the moment, but the trouble is she likes having sex <laughs> in the dark. And you think to yourself, I mean, come on. 
everybody has sex, you know, with the lights on all the time. That's the whole idea. What do you want sex in the dark for? Unless you're fantasising, it's somebody else. And in his case, he's probably hoping it was somebody more attractive. <laughs> Sorry, perhaps she was fantasising that. But she doesn't like having her, her boobs touched at all. And they've got copies. He's obviously decided to sell her down the river. Because mm. he's managed to save copies of the text from her to him. And they, they put those into the article. And of course, just to really stick the knife between the old bag shoulder blades... Peter Andre has got a reporting job on this morning when it comes back. Fantastic. So, every time you sit... Now, just remember, if you're down in Brighton, you do see the old bag out quite a lot, actually. Local kebab shop and fish and chips. Just shout out, Peter Andre's got a great job on television, unlike you. That'll really wind her up. Really wind her up. I like Peter Andre. Do you? I really do. Always did. Yeah, he's a he's, very, very nice he's man. He's nice, but he's dim. He's dim. I mean, Connor, he's not the brightest penny in the box. No, but but being a bright penny is not somebody's fault. Or, or well, being, being well bright then stop or not, trying to pretend. I mean, he, he, all he kept saying on this TV programme was, I love my children. And I'm shouting <laughs> back, You're their father. That's what you're supposed to do. Yes, but a lot this of This is not some don't. big deal to tell. But, well, we're not interested in other people. He was the one who made the programme for a piece of filthy money. Anyway. Mm. Sorry to be, uh, you know, uppity about it. No, well, sure. I did spend a short time with him and her. And the children. Mm. And he's lovely with the kids. Yeah. He really is. So he should be. He's their father. He's a, he's a... You know, that's what fathers are supposed to do if they're a little bit... Yeah. Let's just call them affected. I mean, it wasn't a long time. It was half an hour. Did you see the TV programme? Which one? No, no, no. I just being Peter Andre. He's standing in Ikea in the, in the furniture dock with dark glasses on going... This is the worst day of my life. I thought, I know, I've been to Ikea as well. It's a bloody nightmare. Yeah. So now you get all your furniture out at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Over here for the screws, over here for the shelves, over there. Would you like some meatballs? No, I just want the furniture. Yeah, but they've always got one bit out of stock. That's right. (laughs) I could never understand why it was never all in the same place. I found it a very stressful experience. I only ever once bought a shelving unit when when, um, chrome and glass shelves were in. And, you know, I had to go to three different places, one to get the screws for it, one to get the oval bits, and one to get the glass shelves. Mm. And when I got home and put it together, I bought a bed. It was most peculiar. It just wasn't... I didn't have anything that went into my bits. Horrible. Horrible. (laughs) Johnny Vaughan's on holiday, as you probably know if you listen to Capital. And guess who he bumped into? Kelvin McKenzie. Fantastic. Johnny Vaughan was with his wife. And Kelvin's put a picture of him uh, in there. And he says, I bumped into an exuberant Johnny Vaughan, because he's very exuberant. When he bumps around here, he's very lively and jumps up and down. All right, mate. All right. And he's very, you know, a little bit cheap, cheap, cheeky cockney. But anyway, uh, Kelvin says, uh, Vaughan, the number one breakfast host in London, was in effervescent mood. And for reasons that are not entirely clear to me, started explaining how he would sort out the Afghanistan war. He said his idea was to drop lager on the Taliban. They would then consume it, get drunk, and then be able to laugh at themselves, and that, in turn, would lower the tension and lead to peace. I thanked him, says Kelvin, <laughs> for the suggestion, and said I would pass on his thoughts and comments to General Sir Richard Dannett, the head of the army, next time I saw him. His wife, Antonia, seemed unimpressed by her husband's argument. In fact, she looked as though she'd consumed six lemons. He says, maybe Johnny could drop lager on her next time. (laughs) (laughs) So Trump with Johnny. Honestly, Johnny is a laugh a minute round here. He really is, honestly. Some of the things he comes up with, he's so funny. You can imagine something gets a bit wearing. But uh, you can imagine, can't you? How funny, though. But you're a great, great leveller, isn't it? Great leveller, mm. pouring lager on somebody. Yeah. Like at a West Ham match or something like that. Somebody else has passed away today that you will not recognise their name. Oh, here we go. 
Ellie Greenwich? Ellie Greenwich. Ellie Greenwich. No. No. Not okay. Ellie Greenwich. If I say to you, be my baby, to do Ron Ron, leader of the pack, River Deep Oh, Mountain the, the High, Crystals, lead singer. And the Ronettes. And the Ronettes. No, and no. She, she was a writer. Oh, she was a writer. She was a writer, and she wrote all those songs, and she wrote for Neil Diamond and Manfred oh, Mann God. and the Shangri-Las and... Wow. Tommy James and the Chandels and Hit Bobby Sox down and the Blue Monet, Jeans. Monet. Yeah, she wrote some fantastic wow. songs. Anyway, she's passed away. She she was part of the um, the, the the Spectre uh, Phil organization. Phil Spectre, yes. Wall of Sound stuff. Yeah, she'll so. be sitting on a cloud writing another song. Yeah, I'm on a cloud up high, looking down on everybody on the ground. It's got a hit single written all over it, hasn't it, ladies and gentlemen? No. You know, sometimes I feel I'm wasted here. I should go home and listen to this program. <laughs> you are wasted this morning. I am wasted this morning. <laughs> you know why? I've had sugar. If I have sugar. It kind of chucks me out completely. You can always tell, can't you? Everybody knows whenever I've had sugar, and this morning I've had some little marshmallow things, little chocolatey marshmallow, about about 15, and <gasps> it's gone right to my head. And that's why. You might think that, uh, that I'm sort of a little bit over the top this morning, but actually no more than usual. It's just that this morning I'm not quite with it, as you'll discover, because I'm now about to offer, much against my better judgment, a Dell laptop in today's How Low... Now, you know me, I'm not keen on doing these things because I don't think that LBC, in times like this, should be giving away a fantastic laptop worth lots of money for pennies. Well, don't then, I'll have it. Oh, all right. I can do it so, anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's got 160 gigabytes of hard drive. You can keep everything on it your photos, your music, your documents, everything, preloaded with Windows Vista, and it can be yours for pennies. Pennies. Don't take what everybody else says as gospel. Take what I say. Lois Unique Bid will win. Lois Bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bid's in by 6pm today. And what you do is you get your phone out and you text LBC. Then your bid in pence. And send that to 88821. So LBC, then your bid in pence. Send it to 88821. For example, if you want to bid 43 pence, you text LBC. 43 and send that to treble eight two one. The bid will cost you only one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six pm. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Good luck, Paul. Jude Law. Oh yeah, is uh, like finally realising his ambition to play Brian Epstein, according to the uh, oh, Daily Express today. Brian Epstein, who was found dead in that Muse house. That's right. And was in love with John Lennon. Yes. And his parents owned Nems Music That's in Liverpool, right. which is where the Beatles used to go. That's right. And he was fairly rich, Jewish and gay. Like most uh, music managers, surprisingly. There was a whole book done on, on music managers, pop managers, mm. and most of them were either Jewish or gay or both. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Strange, that. So, Brian Epstein, how anyway, lovely. Um, Sorry. He, he's long wanted to do this role, apparently. Oh, yeah. And... Um, as you know, Brian Epstein died of a drug overdose. But uh, anyway, the uh, the the movie A Day in the Life or Life in the Day even has uh, now got uh, proper backing and is due to start filming next year, which is good. Should be a good movie. Yes, I think so. It'll be very interesting. The Beatles. If it hadn't been for Brian Epstein, uh, I don't think you'd have the Beatles. He was the one who masterminded everything. Um, I still know somebody who used to work for one of his organisations. Nem's music, I think. The uh, somebody wrote a, wrote a book years and years ago. Uh, Bill says, "Never been to an IKEA store. You must be desperate." I've just said I have been to IKEA. Well, you're deaf or something. 
I just said I have been to Ikea. You need to wash your ears out, matey. Mind you, Bill. It's quite an old name, isn't it, really? And, uh, and uh, Mark says, I have a triple-barrel name. A triple-barrel name. It's good, isn't it? Me too. Steve! 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 This is LBC 97.3. Hello. 28 minutes to six. Johnny says, does anybody know if Nick Ferrari's show will be from Climate Camp as it's set up near where he lives? Nick must be so pleased. Oh, no. They've moved into Blackheath. I, yeah. I know. I thought he'll be thrilled. Oh, look, there's a load of... P- oh, my God, they're outside the house. He'd better do it. Yeah, that Nick's programme could be from there today. Very interesting. Uh, George Sampson has been evicted. You remember George Sampson? He was that little naff dancer who died on television. He did Dancing in the Rain and all the rest. I mean, it's a bit naff, I'm afraid. Anyway, he's been evicted from his house because he apparently plays loud music. Which is a bit George of a shame. Samson? Yeah. The trouble but is... But he's about 12, isn't he? No, 14, I think. 14 or 15. Something. Anyway, the music he was playing... You know he dances on his back? Yes, and yes. What was he playing? Singing in the Rain. No. On My Own from Les Miserables. <laughs> 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 There's a worry, isn't it? Oh. Uh, wildfires. Yeah. Here he is, our very own wildfire. Your very own. Please take him. Happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. To Nathan Morley, our favourite boy in Cyprus. In fact, he's the only person we know in Cyprus. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. You um, are. You are. Don't, don't we have any other Cyprus correspondents on LBC? No, no. And the good news is, I'm heading out your way on a holiday. You're kidding. Seriously. I'm, I'm heading out your way very, very shortly. Uh, when? Sorry? Well, uh, can we have some timelines here? Because uh, <laughs> chat is starting to panic. Week, <laughs> week after next. Is it really the week after next? Yeah, week after next. And, oh, and, uh, and I, I should be out there. Oh, right. Where are you going? Uh, well, or are you about to say my house? <laughs> no, no, no. But we aren't too far from you. We're not too far. The, d- the difference is we're on a nudist holiday and uh, <laughs> we're hoping that you better pop round and have a swim in our pool. <laughs> you're, you're on a nudist. Now you must be winding me up. No, seriously. The only nudist resort in Cyprus. I've never heard of a nudist resort in Cyprus. Well, well I mean, admi- a... well, admittedly, we are starting it. Oh, right. It's I not nude at the moment. You're hiring out some bonkers villa. No, no, no. At the moment, it's a small delicatessen. But, in fact, we're, we're actually doing it nude. <laughs> Just being a bit careful near the bacon slicer. Yes. Right, OK. I'll note your impending arrival in my diary. Well, don't uh, worry. I mean, I'm, I should be knocking on your door straight away. Well, do. I mean... Uh, my, Not with I, my I, hands. <laughs> I have a swimming pool, but I tend to keep a, a kind of swimming costume policy, you know. Yeah. Um, but but obviously that can be wavered um, yes. uh, uh, if, 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 if you bribe the wife. Yes, for goodness sake. Yeah. Feel free. I mean, she comes from Finland. She should be used to this. They do saunas. Yes, this is true. Well, Quite normal. You know, was, yes, we have to go uh, and whack uh, each other with sticks then, don't we? We do that round our way in Twickenham. <laughs> she, she, she does that anyway. I anyway. Guess, I thought she might. <laughs> I wonder why the marriage had lasted so long. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's based on Nordic discipline, really. And, it's good, uh, isn't yeah. it? The flaming yeah. helmets, I'm there with it. Yeah, she's, uh, she's got it down to a T. I often said if she wasn't uh, doing the job she did now, she could have been in the Nazi party. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> Poor soul. Poor soul. Now, listen, the, I mean, we know that uh, the wildfires in Greece have been in the news, and I can't remember how they started, but, again, it's caused immense problems over there. But you've got small fires in Cyprus now. Yeah, well, we get uh, pretty much the same weather as Greece, and we have the same kind of terrain, uh, um, you know, these... Uh, uh, vast expanses of brushland 
Uh, we've had a few uh, this week in Cyprus in the Paphos region on the west of the island. And when they spread, I don't know if you've ever seen how these fires move, in this climate with mm. strong winds and, and uh, the, the, the grass is just uh, tinder dry, they spread really quickly. Yeah. I think the other day it, it moved around five or six kilometers in about half an hour. God. That's incredible, you know, and the wind can actually blow the fire in the air, you mm. know. Mm. So the trees start to catch fire. And, and in Greece, well, they had 83 of these fires on uh, Sunday morning, and it was arsonists. We know that now. Many of them were started by greedy developers who want to clear land oh, uh, right. for, for pro construction projects. Yes. And it would because cost them money to do it normally. If you just get somebody out there setting fires, it clears the land. Exactly, and also it takes advantage. Greece has no land registry. It has very bad zoning laws, so when they do uh, destroy these acres and acres of land they they know it's not going to grow again so they, they it's easy for them to get permission to bung up a factory or whatever it is they had in mind and bear in mind two years ago when they had the first wildfires 70 people died yeah. and it was also set deliberately so it's pretty horrifying really do they have the same situation in in Greece and Cyprus, they do in Spain, which is the local mayor is the man who grants the planning permission and says what you can do. No, no, it's uh, we have a land registry here. Uh, in Greece, it may be, uh, I, but, but bear in mind, Cyprus is based on on British legislation because it's a former British colony. So much of the, that kind of uh, moved over in 1960. Cyprus has a land registry, which was actually set up by Lord Kitchener when he was here in the. Uh, 1880s. So it, the, the whole system of planning permission, buying plots of land, is exactly the same as it is in Britain. Right. But in Greece, I think uh, I, I think it's all over the place. To be honest, I mm. don't I don't actually know how it runs, but I know that they don't have a land registry and they don't have zoning laws. And I and I really do think it is, as you say, it's on a regional or, 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 or municipal basis mm. where you can just go to the mayor with your plans, maybe. Interesting. So, so anyway, so back to the nude swimming. And right, yes. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't have nudist areas. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you don't have nudist areas over there. They seem to be all over the world. Actually, I do swim nude here. Uh, hmm. I, I shouldn't have said that, but no. I do. Um, um, the, the guys who, who, who clean my pool and main, maintain my swimming pool, they've done a fact that we entered it a few weeks ago and they, they did something called sanding it because it's a... Uh, not, you know, not with a sander. It means for the quality of the water, and they put right. in the new pumping pipes. And honestly, it is crystal clear. It is absolutely beautiful at the moment, so I'm seldom uh, out of it. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if you really do want to go in there nude, mm. uh, I, can call, uh, I can call Peter Andre. He lives down the road. Derek yeah. Hatton is across the road. I can have a celebrity party. Derek nude Hatton party. is down. Of course, I've forgotten about Derek Hatton. Look, all of the notables live on Nathan Morley Street. It is true, isn't it? I mean, you, ha you have got the real A-list, the creme de la creme, uh, the, the, you uh, know, the top honchos. You know, right, Peter yeah. Andre, who is actually singing for Muhammad Ali. Well, I hope If that so. doesn't hasten the end, nothing will. Uh, well, I, 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 I'm not going to say anything. No. And, 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 and Derek Hatton does what? Um, the De Degsy, as he likes to call himself, Degsy, um, he's here and there. I think he's, uh, he's got a property rental company at the moment, mm. and, uh, um, he's back and forward to Liverpool. He, he made a lot of money, you know. He had an internet company in Liverpool, and mm. I think he sold it for three million quid. God. So, I mean, uh, And you can live a... on that, can you, in Cyprus? On three million? Yeah. 
Once you've got the property, I think you won't have any problems. Well, I think you'll be fine on three million. In wow. fact, uh, in fact, you could live quite comfortably for a month on that. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, any longer you'd be pushing it, wouldn't you? You'd have to get a job <laughs> well, or something. Yeah, I, I think so, or maybe state aid, some kind <laughs> of uh, food. Do you, ha- <laughs> do you have unemployment benefits? <clears throat> yes. Uh, the, the system is, is quite uh, um, strange. You, you, we have a social insurance uh, system which gives you un- unemployment, which you pay into whilst you're working, and all through your life, actually. But when an, So what an, happens if you've never worked? You will, get, you will get benefit, but only for six months. Well, I wish we'd bring that system it. in over here. How we fantastic. But, but that's also, if you, if you have worked, Steve, the, mm. the, the, the system here is very good. Uh, I think if you've been working and you lost your job, you will get a lump sum of the kind of money you paid in straight away, you know, right. from them to help you out. But you'll only get, I think, maximum nine months' unemployment benefit, which is a kind of encouraging... So, uh, it's meant to kind of prod you a little bit to go out and get another bloody job. <laughs> so, so what happens at, at the end of nine months? They just stop your, your benefits? Yes, yes. What a brilliant um, idea. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't give you a great... I, I do know that happens. Yeah. I, I mean, there may be special cases with pensioners or, or the disabled, or, uh, but generally that's what happens because we don't have a great unemployment problem here. I no. mean, it's, uh, if, if you want a job, you can actually go and find one. Two million people here have never, ever had a job. Two million people have never had a job. In their yeah. life, and they yeah, just I... sit there sponging off the rest of the country. As far as I'm concerned, I would just take benefits away. None of this, none of this rubbish about. Uh, are you out looking for a job? Yeah, I didn't like the job. That well, we're taking your benefits away. Your parents can look after you. I couldn't care less. You're getting no more money. Well, I think you know if you've never worked before and you've never felt what mm. it's like to work before or pay your way or feel that sense of pride, I suppose, when you get your first job and your first pay packet, it's going to be hard to push, uh, you know, push some of these people into it, I suppose, yes. going to the job centre is quite, quite a... <laughs> well, it's very easy, I think, to get into the culture of, of not working, because their argument is, well, I can earn exactly the same money by staying at home and not working, as opposed to going out to work, and you say, well, I tell you what, we're going to take away that option, now there is no more money, so either you're... It's like single parents, I don't see why we should have to give them money. They got no, themselves up the duff in the first yes. place, pay for it. You're absolutely right. It is sensible. It is a sensible mm. option. If you are under 20, for example, mm. receiving state benefits mm. such as unemployment, that you have this six-month period uh. where you have to find a job. And if not, at the end of six months, you have an extremely good explanation why. Yes. <laughs> and maybe they peg it down a couple of quid. Yes, as far I as I'm concerned, you know, all, all this rubbish about men going out there, getting all these girls pregnant and not, uh, you know, taking on the responsibility of looking after the child. Well, I'm sorry, you don't just pursue them through the courts. You just say to the girl, we're taking away your benefits. You better go back to the person who got you pregnant in the first place and uh, make them pay. Because there are yes, men out there just... with hundreds of children, I should imagine, between them. It is your feral population yeah. of louts. And you see them on the television with these kids. The mum's got the fag in the mouth, the big hoop earrings, you know, the arse about as big as Greenland. And you think to yourself, and I'm paying for that. I'm sorry. Take the money away, love. You might go on a diet. Might do us all a favour. Don't get yourself pregnant. Well, look, I mean, this is a... Actually, I think you've hit on a very good, very, very good subject here because, you know, you need to get it into the public arena now. Start talking about six-month unemployment benefit under 20. Get the Nick Ferrari to do it. Yeah. You know what? Get the Ferrari to do it. Well, he is at the moment barricading up the doors and windows because he's got a climate camp. And when I say camp, I mean it in the nicest possible way. Some of them might might be straight, but, I mean, he's boarding up... (laughs) 
<laughs> At least he doesn't have Colonel Gaddafi moving outside in a tent, that which is oh. what I understand residents of New Jersey will have in a few weeks. Yes, I, I believe so. It's all very worrying, isn't it? Every time I open up the papers, I get more worried. It makes sort of the, the, the likes of Kerry Katona and Dreary Jordan seem almost passé, I'm afraid. Oh, I, I don't do uh, Kerry... Well, I, I never knew what Kerry Katona was until I heard your programme. Really? And then I... No, I didn't know what, what it was. Oh. And then Jordan, I thought, was a football player from America... Yeah. But then, of course, I realised she was married to, uh, you know, local lad Pete. Yeah, yeah. But now I see that uh, I see that she's gone all Egyptian or something in the papers yesterday. I don't well, know. Well, it's just another one of her funny little outfits she puts on. You know, wizened old bag puts on funny outfit, and we all laugh at her. Which <laughs> lovely. Pete... I mean, she should keep that up. Oh, she should keep it up. Pete's Pete's got a job though. He's going to be a a TV showbiz reporter because he's well really? qualified. Having seen his documentary this week, he can't string but... two words together. For which station, do we know? Yes, he, he's doing it for ITV, which is in the doldrums as it is, but he's going yeah. to be on this morning. All right. He's I'll tell you what there. I can do. If Pete's listening this morning, I can give him a, a slot on my uh, national radio programme. He can do showbiz here, because he spends half of his time here. That's true. That's you know? true. Actually, Pete, if you, g- Pete, give me a buzz, because I, I spoke to him yesterday on the phone. After yeah, I spoke I to Michael Jackson, and, uh, and I, you know, give me a buzz, Pete, and we'll, I'll sort that out. I'll give you Nath's number, and then you can get in contact <laughs> with him. That'd be good, wouldn't it? I like yeah. that idea. We like to help out people. Well, look, there we are. We've just fixed Pete a new job, isn't it? Do you know, honestly, I've, I've often said at the end of this program, do something nice today. Smile at somebody. Say, you know, I mean, I often go up to people and I go, do you know, you look really nice today, and it makes their day. It really does. Admittedly, most of them are selling the big issue, but, I mean, I I say that to them (laughs) to make them feel a bit better about life, because it's easy to feel down and depressed. Can I say one more thing? Because I know we're coming up to 7.45. Yes, please. Uh, You know, just a piece of... I know Yuri Geller listens to the radio early in the morning, and he has done for many years, and I think he listens to you, actually, doesn't he? Yes. Uh, Yuri, just please stop talking about Michael Jackson on television. Yes, yes, Yuri, if you're listening, shut up. Right, shut up now. There's a little bit of advice for you, because even my wife... The other day, we're shouting at the television. Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. This, and, this is my uh, close friend, Michael Jackson. Shut up. He's not. Okay? <laughs> he never was. Okay? For a very brief period of your life, and you've milked it ever since. So, Yuri, shut up. All right? Stop there we it, are. Yuri. They are. Listen, Listen always great to see you. Look forward to seeing you in the non-speedo section. Very shortly. <laughs> I am, I'm going to go out and get my garden furniture ready for your impending arrival. You won't need furniture for me to hide behind, mate, I tell you. <laughs> I walk about proud. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> Looking forward wait. to it. Uh, All right, we'll talk to you next week. Cheers, fellas. Take care. Sarah. Nathan Bye. Morley, my boy with a pool in Cyprus. What more do you need on this cold autumnal morning? Sorry, not autumnal, is it? But it just feels autumnal. <laughs> These are the headlines. The way some NHS nurses treat elderly patients is being described as cruel and demeaning by agony art Claire Rayner. She's a former nurse herself and now president of the Patients' Association. Posting updates on Twitter and Facebook could mean we're more likely to get burgled. A new report suggests criminals are scouring social networking sites to find information on people's whereabouts to plan break-ins. And the vast majority of drivers have admitted speeding. A survey of YouGov finds 82% of motorists sometimes or frequently go too fast. Check on the state of the roads. Hugh Broom. Thank you very much, Steve. It's something got very busy, actually. The A40 is closed London. Morning, meerkats. Uh, Twelve minutes to uh, six is the time. Ian says, can you start thinking about running for MP for Twickenham or even PM, as I love your views on money handouts? 
I'm sorry, I'm just a bit... I think that's what 99% of the country are thinking. Just because somebody gets themselves intentionally pregnant, we have to sort of fund well, them for the rest why of their life. C- can you t- explain to me why we pay people to get pregnant and have no children? No idea. I don't understand that at all. And, it, and all I can see is that it fuels this culture we've got in this country of... Benefits. Women with yeah. 15 children by... 37 different men. Well, there was a whole family in the paper the other day, and they they had no intention of working. I think, well, I'm sorry, uh, we take away the benefits. You can starve to death as far as I'm concerned. I really couldn't care less. Mm. You know, you get out there and you work, like the rest of the country. People always, you know, did before. Uh, Tony says, have you heard that the police in your area are taking things from cars to teach people to lock them? Do you, like me, wish we lived in a society in which you could leave your car open? Yes, but of course, in the early days, you could, because nobody had anything. <laughs> there was nothing worth nicking. That's why people left their front doors open, because everybody had nothing. Nothing at all. I used to leave my my front door open. You could walk in and out in the middle of summer, neighbours would walk in and out, because nobody had anything. I might have had a bottle of Cinzano, I think. And to be honest with you, nobody thought it was worth nicking that at all. (laughs) Every day. Every day. What for Cinzano? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, it's another story. Paul. Oh, dear. We're back to China again, I'm afraid. We're you a new restaurant. Country, don't you? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I can only guarantee that these are the only stories that don't get in the papers. That's true, why. It is true. But anyway, there's a new restaurant open there in China, and it's serving meals cooked by robots. The iRobot oh, restaurant in Nanning bought two robots from a Shenzhen-based company for more than £50,000. The restaurant manager says his robot chefs can make hundreds of traditional Chinese dishes, each of which just takes two or three minutes. We charge exactly the same price as other restaurants, even though the robot chef's dishes probably taste better, he says. Chinese cuisine is known for its delicacy and deliciousness. It's amazing to many customers that robots can make such good food. He says our robot chefs are more efficient and hygienic and they don't complain. Hundreds of recipes have been stored in the databases of the computers which control the robot's movements. Wow. Yesterday I told the story of Starbucks and the one girl working in the morning. There's two in there, Mm -hmm. but one chooses to go sit out the back. So on three occasions now we've walked out of Starbucks to go and get a cup of coffee at the Café Nero, whatever it's called, down the road, because it's quicker. Yes. We go in there yesterday... There's one person serving, there's eight people queuing again. Get your act in gear, Starbucks in Twickenham. Don't have to go through this yet again. Because very shortly, due to lack of business, they'll close it down. OK? They've well, got they targets to hit. they have been closing Starbucks. But this is stupid. We went in there the other day. Graham and I, three mm. times, three times he's walked out and gone somewhere else. Because he doesn't want to stand in a queue while one girl is having to make coffee. It's not like just pouring out of a jug. So she's having to do the till... And do the coffees, because the other one is sitting out the back. Is this and they the go one and... up in the corner, or, or the one in the Bentall Centre? This is in Twickenham. Oh, Twickenham, sorry. Twickenham. And so she goes and calls out the back, you know, whatever the girl's name is, you know, Ruby. No, no reply. Ruby. Ruby, Ruby. And <laughs> nothing, nothing happens. So, so Graham said, well, why don't you go and get her? She said, I call her twice, perhaps she's not here. Well, go and get her. There's eight people standing here waiting for a cup of coffee. Are you stupid? The answer is Yes. So we'll have to sort that out again. We've had trouble with this before, and yesterday exactly the same. Eight people queuing, one girl. The other one, out the back, you know, perhaps doing her toenails. No idea. Uh, Ray says, um, what's the difference between a Rottweiler and a Jewish mother? 
he knows, a Rottweiler eventually lets go. You see, do you remember, what, did, you, did you ever see the film, My Big Fat Greek Wedding? Yes. Everybody said that could have been My Big Fat Jewish Wedding. Exactly the same thing. You go around to somebody's house and they go, you have something to eat, Steve? No, I couldn't eat a thing. I'll just do you a small meal. I couldn't eat anything. Oh, I've just prepared it. Look, here it is, ten courses. And it's like that. You cannot walk out without somebody preparing food. But I think that's mothers <laughs> in general, don't you? But, I mean, I wouldn't mind, but I don't look emaciated or anything. It's, I'm the sort of person who goes in and I go, I really couldn't eat anything. I'd just do you some strudel. You know, before you know where you are, <laughs> you're sitting down with strudel, which is laden with honey and sugar. I'm up on the ceiling. You know, it's cr- I'd just do you a little thing here. I think everybody loves cooking. If you're Greek or Jewish, you love cooking. And it's fun, and you just want to share it with everybody. <laughs> uh, 84850, steve at Um Agree with you about Ikea, says Stevie. It took me an hour to find a bookcase. It was in three locations. Lenin Bushy says, I knew you'd been on the sugar. You're like a little bouncy tigger this morning. Calls tigger the bounce with health. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one here. It says... Um, Oh, yes, yeah, so somebody else saying you should really run for mayor or something like that. I would be cutting benefits. Maybe it's a sorry, it's just the kind of thing I'd be doing. And uh, Steve says, I used to leave keys in my car in the 70s. The local copper borrowed it several times. I only found out when he told me. Hey. Yeah, but in those days, you had a local copper, didn't you? I remember a local, a local Bobby on the beat, and you knew him. And he knew your mum and dad. And so you mm. didn't want to do anything wrong. But he borrowed the car without telling her. Yeah, that, that does seem a bit strange. That does seem a bit odd, actually. Uh, Ruth, very happy birthday, says Joyce. Many happy returns of the day, Ruth. And guess who's written a book about themselves? Well, they haven't. It's been ghosted. Just who you really want to read about. Just who you really, really want to read about. It's, uh, you know, I'll give you a clue. Vodka, uh, a return ticket to rehab, opiates... Who, who would that be? Amy Winehouse? Not Pete Doherty, no. Who? Amy, Amy Winehouse? Winehouse? No. 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 Give you a clue. I'm that... Oh, I can't even... No, she doesn't really... Not a singer, not really anything at all. Just rather a waste of space, I'm afraid. She's got a whole family is a waste of space. Whole family is a waste of space. So think of which family would be a whole waste of space. OK, not Lily Allen. No, not Lily Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Osborne. there you go. Kelly Osborne's got a book out. My mum found 500 pills scattered around my room. This is the family that swear together. Yeah. Every other word is, is F, I'm afraid, in the Osborne family. It's a little bit tragic and shows total lack of respect. I mean, they are just the family from hell, most of them in and out of rehab. Uh, I'm afraid Ozzy doesn't know where the heck he is any time of the day. Mother sort of, you know, gets a bit drunk. Uh, Jack's doing this, you know, programme adrenaline junkies, because they don't really know what to do. I admire Jack. Don't think the mother drinks. he's a good guy. Are you serious? Are you serious? Did you not see her when the, the papers had a go at her? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure she's been oh, yes. tiddly on the... On, she's been tiddly X-Factor? on the television, on X Factor. Yeah. When she sat there, she went, don't you talk to me like that. And the papers the next day went, oh, my God, how much has she had in... In the green room. Oh, that was the best bit. That was the funniest bit, <laughs> because she could barely bit. keep her eyes open on it. So now you've got uh, Kelly Osborne telling about her vacuous waste of life. Drunk, vodka, you know, drugs, all sorts of things. And then into rehab, I think, for the third time now. What a, what a thing to be proud of, Kelly, eh? How fantastic. Well, she's got nothing else to talk about. Well, that's the trouble. I'm a little bit worried. There's a sweet firm here. They've been wrapped. A father has suddenly noticed that Haribo's Mayam Sour Candy uses illustrations of lemons, limes and cherries. And it looks like they're having sex on the front. All they are is fruit going, ha, 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 ha. But this man, 
Mr Simpkins of Pontefract in West Yorkshire say the lemon and lime are locked in what I appear to be a carnal encounter. The lime, who I assume to be the gentleman in this coupling, has a particularly lurid expression on his face. My wife became quite distressed and had to sit down in the car park. I've got a bag of these at home. Proving <laughs> that the further up the country you get, the balmier they become, and none as balmy as the Simpkins, I'm afraid. She became very distressed seeing the Haribo fruit. And there is a picture of the mayoam with one of the fruits having another fruit sitting on its lap and they're all laughing. Now, to be honest with you, I don't know if you've got Haribo at home, but I suggest you go and have a look at what they're up to. Because in the Zitron one, you know, they're, they're quite clearly getting down to business. And uh, Anyway, he's very, very upset. He said, uh, I demanded to see the shop manager. What sort of stupid person is this? I demanded to see the shop well, manager. The shop manager's Do you know, fault. I'd have picked him up by his silly little coattails and thrown him out the shop. Get out, you silly little man. <gasps> How ridiculous. Mind you, some of the other fruits you should worry about. Jelly boobies, Mars bras, <laughs> oral fruits, S&Ms, refleshers, girly whirly, milky, wahey, smutties. And the Lion Down Bar. OK, any of those you want to take up with me, I'll be more than happy after the news to actually run through the naughty sweets that you've got in your cupboard. But I'm afraid this morning, it's sweet wrapper porn. Get a room, you chew. He's saying, we don't want to see this kind of thing anymore. As I say, the poor man's wife is quite disturbed by it. Quite disturbed. Goes to prove, as I say, the further up the country you get, the balmier they become. They complain about everything. Pontefract, those little black, round, licorice things. That racist... Do tell me, for goodness sake. 84850stevedlbc.co.uk There's only a few days left in the DFS sale. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Thursday morning in London town. Poor Jean says, I dread to think what our lovely part will look like when the great unwashed leave. Jan says, one last chance for you to go on Celebrity Big Brother because it's finishing next year. I thought it was a joke. And the reason I thought it was a joke, I thought, no, they're not going to get rid of it because it's a bit of a cash cow, but... It turns out that the contracts come to an end with Endemol, and so they've said they'll do one more and that'll be it. So that's good news, isn't it? Because at the moment, I mean, the audience figures, as Paul Savory will tell you, have just, just dropped off, I'm afraid. Well, nobody wants to see it anyway. No. I think people have... I think in the early days, when we had the first one and nobody understood that you were being followed by cameras and things like that, then you got genuine reaction. What you get now is a lot of people who look as though they've got illnesses. I mean, there's one who's a... I think he's a a window fitter. Well, quite clearly, this man is deranged. He shouldn't Mm. be allowed anywhere near a television. Well, they're obviously playing to the cameras to see if they can become celebrities and uh, make money out of it. Well, they've, uh, they've, uh, they've given you ten memorable, memorable moments in the paper. First of all, twins Sam and Amanda, uh, who turn out to be as dippy and as stupid as I thought they were. They turn up on Ready, Steady, Cook the other day. Dim or what? Paul Clark and Helen Adams. She was another dipsy one. He was a car designer and she was hairdresser in Wales. Do you remember? No. She was another dipsy you one. Yeah, I never watched this Of course, thing. you don't know. Um... <laughs> Shilpachetti had to uh, be subjected to the racist taunts yes. by Jade Goody and others. Kinger was just a revolting sort of sort of person who, frankly, would have held under the water. Um, then there was uh, Victor Ibua, who had a row with Emma Greenwood. Mikosi and Anthony Hutton, the dreadful, revolting Mikosi. Emily Parr sparked a race row with Charlie Uchia, who was pulled out, a revolting person. Uh, Nasty Nick Bateman was even more vile, I'm afraid. And Jade Goody... Um, came up with a classic line, they were trying to use me as an escape goat. (laughs) 
Oh, a bit tragic and sad, I'm afraid. Amanda says, I've just come back from Jersey, and they leave their front doors open. It doesn't surprise me. Trouble is, you've got nowhere to go, have you, on Jersey? <laughs> no. There no. is nowhere, unfortunately, and it's, it's a little bit difficult. Um, apparently, it, is the climate camp on Ferrari's doorstep? Absolutely. And Steve says, the reason the policeman borrowed it is because he knew my car was available. If he couldn't get to the police car at the station when he needed it. So there you go. So now you know. Now you know. So farewell, big brother. Goodbye. Off you go. Thank you very much indeed. We've had enough of it. We've seen enough of uh, life's losers. Thank you very much indeed. Paul. Steve, a celebrity stylist is charging £20,000 for a wash, cut and blow dry. Stuart Phillips Salon in London's Covent Garden has Swarovski crystal chandeliers and Japanese shampoo beds. <laughs> Clients are not only offered a treat for their hair, but they can have champagne on tap and order anything from the menu at the five-star Covent Garden Hotel just across the road. Clients flying from Moscow or New York will be put up for two nights in the hotel. Bodyguards, interpreters or personal chefs can also be provided, plus a chauffeur. What's that? Sorry. There's something swimming in my, my tea. Oh, really? Paul hasn't got one. Oh, right, OK. No, I, it's all I, just I, me. Oh, lucky old me. No, I've got a hot chocolate. Oh, have you? Mm. Ah, that's why so you can't see the thing swimming in yours. <laughs> I've got tea, it's clear. What's... what's it's, it's clearly <laughs> swimming. What is it's it? Cli- it's tea. No, what's swimming in it? Well, how do I know? It's doing oh, backstroke. Know. Oh, and it's gone under the water now. <laughs> it's just... It's we don't ask what comes out of this machine. It's too worrying. <laughs> Too <laughs> worrying. Would you pay 20000 How is any haircut... I don't care if they've got Shirovsky crystals and they give you the chandelier to take away. No haircut's no, worth 20000 That's just ridiculous. stupid. £12 mine costs. 12 the road, yes. Mine's a fiver. Well, they've got much to cut. <laughs> don't you start. <laughs> I don't need to stay here to be insulted. I can go anywhere. <laughs> I know a woman, Steve, who hasn't worked in 30 years but takes two holidays abroad every year. Why bother to work when they get more in benefits than us mugs that work? I know. I know. It, I mean, it, it is dreadful. Guess who they reckon's going into the celebrity jungle? Paul Gascoigne. Oh, <laughs> God. I give up now. Apparently he's battled with booze, cocaine, depression, obsessive-compulsive disorder, and he's been sectioned twice under the Mental Health Act. They'd be immensely stupid to put him in there. Uh, they also... Say, who else is going to... They haven't actually come up with anybody else. I don't think they're going to put Paul, Paul Gascoigne in. I can't see it. I can't see that. He, he's a waste of space. He can't... Uh, I, I assume he's still at least drinking. Well, you see, the trouble mm. is, George Best had was fitted with this thing that apparently stopped him drinking, but he learned to overcome that, and he carried on drinking. They were fitted with these things in their stomach, which means that if you drink, it yeah. makes you sick. Well, it's, people didn't, didn't worry about it. They carried on drinking. Right. And you think Paul Gascoigne's got one of these? Well, I think that because he's been in rehab, they must have fitted something to stop somebody drinking. Because if you're an alcoholic, mm. and you're a... Because alcohol... Uh, apparently, alcohol is a depressive. It's not... You know, contrary to what people think, oh, it makes you go like that. It's a depressive, so people get very morose right. on it. I don't. I just take my clothes off. You know, so <laughs> I'm I'm a stripper on alcohol, which is good news. Your <laughs> fantasies come true. Yes, yes. Don't ever go to an LBC Christmas party. Let me warn you of that now. In fact, I've been barred from the last two, mainly because I go, oh, he's taking his clothes off again. Oh dear! Everybody, look the other way. Don't encourage the nasty fat man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a how low today. And it's a Dell laptop in our How Low Reverse Auction. Oh, do go for it, for goodness sake, please go for it. I mean, I don't want to give it away, but the company's saying, go on, give it away, so I'm doing it for pennies. Brilliant laptop, everything you expect from Dell. I've got a Dell at home. 
It's 160 gigabytes of hard drive. It's got Windows Vista. The lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm today. You text LBC, then your bid in pence, and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, your bid in pence, and then treble eight. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 6pm. You must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. So, good luck for the, uh, for the how low. Muhammad Ali in all the papers today. Ricky Hatton as well. Apparently, Ricky Hatton admitted his jaw hit the floor when he met Muhammad Ali. As if this wasn't arranged. You know, I mean, how stupid do you think we are as the British public? He says, the fact that he put himself out to come to my gym... He's earning £15,000 for every single person who goes and eats with him. He's not doing any speeches because he can't, because he's got uh, Parkinson's disease. And uh, he's meeting Henry Cooper. Then he's got to suffer Peter Andre singing to him. But people who want to sit with Muhammad Ali, and he won't have a conversation, it's £15,000. And I, I do ask the question, everybody's going, oh, this is the last time he'll be here. This is his last-ditch attempt to make money out of us, I should imagine. I went on a cruise ship. They were selling Muhammad Ali art, which was signed by him. They're, they're trying to think of every way to make money, because he can't have made money for donkey's years. No. Donkey boxers never make money. And he's ill, of course. Yes. And so if you can get people to get... They'll go, listen, if you come over here, Ricky Hatton, whose company is worth about 20 million... 20 million for Ricky Hatton, for, you know, a failed fighter, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he obviously paid for him to come over here, and they offer him so much money. And he's come over here, 15,000 quid to sit with him at top table, 1,000 pounds to sit anywhere else in the room. It's a, it's a good little money earner, isn't it? And they go, of course, the great yes. Muhammad Ali. The trouble is, I remember the great Muhammad Ali when he was on with Parkey. Did you oh, know Michael yes. Parkinson's got a pub? Michael yes. Parkinson's got... You yes, knew? Know, yeah. Oh, right. Isn't it his son's? Well, his, his son runs it with him. Right. Okay. I had no idea. I, I thought, Parky with a pub? Is that Windsor Way or something? Yeah, it like is. It's, it's literally quite, quite close to where he lives. OK, headlines. With Katie Radley. Around a thousand climate change protesters are waking up for their first day at the camp... Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Uh, 19 minutes past six. Uh, poor old Anne went to Costco in Croydon, bought the Christmas carousel with the bells, but it didn't have the crackers or the other carousel. Well, they've only got one, one carousel. The other one is, uh, is a bell little yes, box. Yes, I've seen it. I bought that. Did you? I had to buy it. I, I thought so. It's ever I, so pretty. I thought you might buy the, uh, the train as well. No, I didn't buy the train, so it didn't do anything. Mm. It just sort of sat there. But I did buy the big carousel. But have you seen the seven-foot wooden soldier? I have. I love that. Very nice, isn't it? You could have yeah. that outside your front door. You could have two. One either side, <laughs> guarding the castle. No, so she, she, she's going to go back. I tend to find with Costco, once they've had stuff in and it goes, they, don't, it. they yes. don't get it in again. They've only got so, got so many. And Dawn says, when are you having time off? I think it's going to be the end of September. I think the week at the end of September is, is when it's going to be. So I'm hoping for anyway. Well, I'm not here that week. Oh, you're not? No. So that'd be good time. Don't start rumours. Don't start rumours. Let's have a chat with Roger Foss, our head man, sitting in the front row with a huge bucket of popcorn and uh, enjoying today <laughs> High School Musical 2. Yes. Good grief. <laughs> yes, I have my... <laughs> Yes. Had my huge bucket of popcorn there, Ooh, all ready it. to throw at the at the stage. No, High School Musical two live on stage at Wimbledon Theatre last night. The start of a huge UK tour that ends up next year in South End, I think. So uh, we've had High School Musical one live on stage, and now two follows it up. And uh, of course, 
you know, what can you say? Because all the kids go along with their mums and dads and they already know the songs. So they're, yeah. they're clapping and singing and dancing before they even go in. I mean, it, it is a phenomenon, I think. Yes, I mean, I, I only know about it because it was Zac Efron, and I bought the first one, and and I thought, it's very good. Uh, you can see the appeal of Zac Efron and all the cars, because they're all pristine. Nobody's got spots, nobody's got bad hair, they've all got yeah. beautiful skin. It doesn't until you see them in real life, you realise, of course, they have got really bad skin. They just look like ordinary teenagers, but they've been through the makeup kind of department yeah. about five <laughs> exactly. times, I think. <laughs> But it's good. So who, who no. have we got in this one? Isn't anybody known, is it? Well, it isn't, actually, apart from Les Dennis, who is, of course, playing... If, if you know High School Musical 2, the mm. kids all go off to summer camp, and the summer camp is run by Mr Fulton. That's his name, and that's played by Les Dennis, straight from his big success in Eurobeat. So <laughs> Les Dennis is like the, uh, the older figure in, in the show. The others are all complete newcomers. Yeah. And I was looking at the cast, Liam Doyle, of course, chosen by GMTV viewers to play baseball hero Troy, uh, is 18. Uh, it's his professional debut. And the same with all, the four leads in the show, play Gabriella, Sharpe and Ryan. They're all newcomers. Wow. And then when you look at the, the rest of the cast, the ensemble or the chorus, the other smaller characters, most of them are really in their first jobs, you know. So it's interesting, this, that uh, these days you can come more or less straight out of a drama school or, a, or a, a stage school and then go straight into a major national UK tour yeah. of, a, of a huge musical put on by Disney. Now, either it means that they don't cost much, <laughs> or they're giving young people a chance, which I think is a good thing. But uh, nevertheless, I thought Liam Doyle, who's only 18, playing Troy, did very well, and the girl playing Gabriella did fantastically well, and, and, and Sharpe, of course, the horrible teenager who everybody hates, and then he, eventually, of course, everybody loves at the end, was fantastic, played by Lauren Hall. And in fact, this version of High School Musical, I think, becomes the Sharpay Evans show, really, yeah. because she's one of the really central to the whole thing, unlike High School Musical 1, which really it was more of a love story. And, and when they put the show on, it's a show they've been putting together at school, of course, you know, Romeo and Juliet, the musical and all that. And I talk about High School Musical as if it's Hamlet, don't I? I mean, yes. I seem like I'm an expert on it, but I'm not. <laughs> it's just that I just think that this really is quite something, the way in which this product, I suppose, this Disney product, has really drawn kids to it like a magnet. And, mm. I mean, it's a complete sellout everywhere it goes. The first version on stage was in the UK, and I'm sure this one's going to be. Yes. Although you kind of think, well, sequels never really... They're never really as good as the original, are they, somehow? You know, it never really has quite got the same kind of feel to it so mm -hmm. i think that's that's the problem really it's seen as milking it isn't it i think and i think after high school musical with zach and then zach went on to something else he's he's forever going to be that pretty boy isn't he well of course that's true and and i mean if you go if you're a mum and dad and you take your kids along and of course you buy your tickets then of course there's all the high school musical books dvds cds there's the console games and all that and then last night at wimbledon of course it's like a little rock concert not mm. not just with teens but with tots as well and they're all coming out, and then you've got to fork out, because there's a guy outside selling rather blurry, I have to say, posters of Zac Efron for a pound each. So you, oh. you can't resist buying that, of course. 
if you're an high school musical fan. But yeah, uh, yeah. as I say, I, I just think it's it's the sequel problem that that it has. And also, what I thought was interesting as well is the songs. Of course, it, like all these um, film to stage shows, you know them before you go in, or you know the story mm. before you go in. Mm. And of course, the songs of this, I, I don't I don't really know them. But I, I noticed in the program, there's twelve songwriters. 12 of them. Yes, yes. I mean, it's just amazing that 12, you know, it's, look, you know, Jerry Herman wrote Hello Dolly and La Cage Fall, the songs, the book, the lyrics, everything on his own. Amazing, <laughs> and isn't it? 12 of them. I know, quite extraordinary, I thought. But... You're right, though. I, th- I think the, the trouble is, it's not meant for us. It's meant for younger people. It's teen girls who want to dress up and want to see some bright, happy young boys and girls with sparkly white teeth and sort of, you know, ripped bodies jumping up and down on a stage. It makes no difference what they're doing. It's the fact they're seeing flesh. Well, I think so, because a lot of the kids are all talking during the, during the plot bit. Yes. And then, of course, once it's all, you know, they're all dancing, absolutely, they're, they're all into it and mm. clapping along and joining in and waving all their kind of pom-poms and... Kids dress up to go and see this as well in rara skirts and all of that, and I kind of thought, oh dear, you know, this really is a generation that I just don't quite understand almost. True. But it is interesting that now it's not just the teens and that horrible name tweens, you know, that go along and see this. It really is the little kids as well that are into it. So. Oh, I, oh, I know. I, we, we've got uh, my, my youngest absolutely loves it. Five, you know, four, five. Yeah. Loves things yeah, like yeah. that. Knows all the songs. Really? Yeah. Kids do oh, nowadays. Dear. I mean, I didn't know anything. I mean, I was still singing Glenn Miller songs and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, well into my 30s and 40s. I know. I was the same with The Wizard of Oz. That's all I knew, you know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> follow, <laughs> follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's, it's a generational thing. Put it this way. If, if it gets people in and bottoms on seats, I don't care. Well, I think also it's interesting that uh, British kids buy into this totally American scene, you know, the high school scene. And uh, and, and I thought, well, we, we'd never have a British version of high school musical, would we? I mean, you couldn't really do it somehow. No, because it, most, think... most of ours would be nicking things and they'd come in, you know, <laughs> abusing the teachers. Exactly. Wouldn't be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Our, ours would be... be a bit, bit like, please, sir. I suspect. Well, it would be. It would be Fen Street Gang, the musical. Yeah, Fen Street Gang, the musical. There's a thought. Green Hill, the musical, or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I just think it's a shame that sequels never quite quite get it. I mean, I know there's all talk about uh, We Will Rock You too. Oh, Brian God, is May there? I know. Yeah. They're supposed to... Brian May's supposed to be kind of putting that together. And I've read somewhere as well, I, I, that Wicked, apparently, I mean, I know there's a, a, a sequel book to Wicked. Yes. Uh, but, um, but you know, sense. there was a lot of gossip a while ago, oh, there's going to be a sequel to Wicked. And, of course, we've got the Phantom of the Opera sequel, Love yeah. Never Dies, which eventually will... Will it ever appear? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. Well, listen, I, I hope that you'll reappear next week at the same time. I'll do my best. I'm off to see uh, Richard O'Brien at the Queen's Theatre Hornchurch. Oh, lovely. Oh, good. A musical of his, which should be very interesting. Yes. Oh, good. Well, let, let us know how, how it goes. Give our love to everybody down there. Absolutely, I will. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. OK, Steve. Look Take forward care. to it. Bye. Thank you, Roger. There's Roger Foss. Got a quick mother-in-law joke for you. Henry Youngman says, I wanted to do something nice, so I bought my mother-in-law a chair. Now they won't let me plug it in. <laughs> You see, it's always those. It's this is after the mother-in-law taking her daughter to court after making jokes about her on stage. 
Some of them are actually very funny, I'm afraid. LBC 97.3. So, I'm having... Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. LBC 97.3. The sports news this morning with our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Thanks, Dave. Good morning. Arsenal will take their place alongside Chelsea, Manchester United and Liverpool in today's draw for the group stages of the Champions League. The Gunners comfortably came through their playoff against Celtic, winning 3-1 at the Emirates Stadium last night, 5-1 on aggregate. But striker Eduardo has come in for criticism after what looked like a blatant dive to win a penalty, which he converted for the opening goal. Even manager Arsene Wenger admitted it was debatable. It looked a penalty, but having seen it again on uh, television, uh, it doesn't look to be a penalty. But uh, we looked always uh, in control tonight of, of the game. That group stage draw is at five o'clock in Monaco. All the English sides are amongst the top seeds. Possible opponents for them include Cristiano Ronaldo's Real Madrid or Jose Mourinho's Inter Milan. Premier League leaders Tottenham also continued their impressive start to the season last night. They won 5-1 at Doncaster Rovers in the second round of the Carling Cup. Peter Crouch got his first goal for the club. Manager Harry Redknapp says the victory shows the depth of his squad. Crouchy coming and score, which is great, and uh, Pavlichenko and Gio, you know, and, and David Bentley got a chance to play in them wide positions and were lively, so it was a good all-round performance. We, we did well. Leighton Orient took Premier League Stoke City to extra time before losing 1-0 to a Dave Kitson goal, but uh, Redknapp has been having his say on the violence at former club West Ham's Carling Keptar with Millwall on Tuesday. He says if the clubs ever meet again, it has to be behind closed doors. England's cricketers return to action today for the first time since winning the Ashes. They warm up for the limited overs matches with Australia by facing Ireland in a one-day international in Belfast. Paul Collingwood will captain the side as Andrew Strauss is being rested. And the draw for the US Open tennis takes place today. Andy Murray will find out his first-round opponent and possible route through the competition. The first Grand Slam where he's been seeded second. Murray says he's in better shape than a year ago when he reached the final. I mean, it's similar preparation to what I had last year. Just the difference is that, obviously, we went to, to the Olympics and over to Beijing, um, so the travel and stuff was a bit sort of uh, tougher to, to get over. And there are three race meetings today. They go at Air, Lingfield and Southall, and Steve Allen's racing tip is next. Steve Allen. At last, Mr Blacker has avoided being beaten in a photo. Sadly, went the wrong way and was almost last. Out of seven, you came sixth mm-hmm. with Kalam Dalil, which sounded quite good, actually. Yeah, and, um, with, I think it went off the favourite as well. Yes, you had him down as Kalam Khalil, mm. but it was Kalam Dalil. Why was it? Yeah. It doesn't matter, actually. He <laughs> says, I assume Still Mr Blacker lost, will have someone anyway. working the bank holiday. <laughs> Are you, are you doing bank holiday? I'll be working on the bank holiday. Oh, right, yeah. he's doing bank holiday. Yay! And, um... So, yesterday, Alex had Broad Cairn, which won. I did it. Tote returned £8.20. Oh, dear. £6.30 profit for him. I think it's game over for the year now, isn't it? So, the total loss is £23.57. Yours, you lost £2.56.7. Although, I'll have a chat with you later. I've thought of a couple of ways you can get the money back. (laughs) And, uh... (laughs) Sounds intriguing. I thought it might be. And, uh, so, today's donkey is the 450 at Lingfield. Tagula Knight... Win only. Where he's got that one from, I've got no idea. But Alex has got Tagula Knight, win only, the 450 at Lingfield. And you, okay. Phil? I'm going to air for the 440 misfire. Misfire. And it probably will be. Mm. <laughs> I expect <laughs> we, we, live in, we live in hope. Although, actually, after, after we were directing people yesterday to have a look at uh, what Phil looks like on YouTube, uh, you've had nearly um, 
600. I really that's People had a quick look at you. A lot of people going, cool, you're fit. <laughs> a lot of people saying exactly the opposite. Yes, a couple of people <laughs> saying exactly the opposite. <laughs> but I, I think it was the fact that somebody said, you're quite right, he is fit. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it's not many people have, have said... I mean, he doesn't look like that when you see him close up in the flesh. You know, but uh, on, on YouTube, he does look fit. Or very unfit. Yes, or very unfit. I mean, it's, it's um, bearing in mind that when you see him sweating on there, he's sweating for you. That is for real. It's, it's, it's none of this, you know, sprayed glycerin in a bottle <laughs> kind of rubbish that they did in the Rocky films. Right, this is real. You know, I saw a Rocky film the other day. I've forgotten how awful yeah. they were. They're brilliant. Oh, were they? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were rubbish. A couple towards like. the end weren't so good, but the first four were Because I'd forgotten, actually, when I saw them, how short Sylvester Stallone is. <laughs> he's only tiny. Yeah. He's another one of these... It's like, when you meet these people, you go, oh, I th- oh blimey, I thought you'd be bigger. But they're not. He's, he, he's quite short. Yes, he likes, he's like Tom Cruise. Yes, he's another one who's, who's quite short, Spends isn't he? Spends most of his filming standing on a box. That's right, especially <laughs> with sort of ex-girlfriends who've always been taller, yes. which is interesting. But when you see Phil, Phil, Phil Blacker, got his little shorts on and everything. are not allowed to wear stilettos around him. Are they not? Apparently not. Really? What, Phil, Phil Blacker? Or no. <laughs> That's the one. Yeah, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't mind stilettos, <laughs> I promise you. Looking at the gym, though, it made me feel quite queasy. Week, <laughs> <laughs> Enough already. Thank you. Good luck, Bye. Phil. <laughs> and we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll find out how well we do in the hall. We'll put these uh, up on the, uh, on the internet for you to have a look at, if you really want to risk two pounds. But remember, we only play for fun. It's not serious, it's for fun. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. If you want to check him out, go to YouTube. Uh, dot com. Type in Phil Blacker, and uh, you'd have a look at Fit Boy on there. All right, which is quite nice. Uh, more in the Daily Star on uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly on Big Brother. People like Ashley Horgan Wallace, a rather stupid-looking name, and a stupid girl. Uh, Noirin Kelly is one of the recent ones kicked out of Big Brother. She reckons she's on the way to becoming the new Jordan in your sad, tiny little mind. I'm afraid. Nick Bateman. I mean, the only famous one was was Jade Goody, or Craig from the first one who came out, and he's the only one who's actually managed to make a very good living without sort of embarrassing himself, having to take his clothes off or anything else. Well, Alex Sibley's not done too yes, badly. Yes, Alex Sibley's not done too badly either. But I, I would think, you know, most of the other ones tend to be sort of scrubby girls who can't wait to sort of be page three girls, mm. which is a bit sad. You know, Imogen Thomas, Shell Dubin, Vanessa Nemo, uh, Kinger, Alex DeGale was the one taken out of the house. She threatened to have her enemies in the house gunned down by gangsters. A rather stupid, dreary person. And then, of course, there was clueless lesbian Kitten Pinder. Now, I believe, living in Australia. And believe you me, you're welcome to her. <laughs> Ghastly woman. Why is it they go for... Uh... Stereotypes. People. I don't. They go for trashy people because they're looking for somebody who they think can cause trouble or a disturbance. If you remember, when they put... Um, who did they put in the, the house? They put in... They, they put somebody who was just too nice, mm-hmm. and they got voted out because they're looking for somebody with an edge. Yes, I guess so. they, they They don't want somebody who's just, you know, very pleasant. They wanted somebody who's, who's got an edge. They're either unemployed or they're foul-mouthed or they're rude or they're racist or whatever else it happens to be. Or they're, or they're hoping that two people are going to get together. Most of them disappear without trace. And, uh, and then in the case of poor Chanel Hayes, she takes a, a drugs overdose. Because quite clearly life, you know, is just too much for them. And you think the, 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 these people are damaged goods when they go in there. They come out and very shortly, you know, they discover that, you know, far from four million people watching, it's about two men and a sheep. And they're not interested either. You know, I'm afraid we've seen it all before. I must mention the Lady Ratlings. They have their showbiz summer fair this coming Sunday because it is the bank holiday weekend. And yes, I am here on bank holiday Monday. And they're on Sunday the 30th of August at Rosswyn. Streatham Common South, 
which is Southwest 16. Doors open at 12 o'clock. Admission 50p. Actress Anna Karen will be opening the event. They've got all sorts of stuff. Anna Karen. Anna Karen. Fabulous. Olive. Olive from On the Buses. Olive from On the Buses. Absol- but also, also uh, she was Peggy Mitchell's sister Sal in EastEnders. That's right. So now you know. But they've got a tombola and bottle stall, shoes, hats, jewellery, knickknacks, kitchenware, home produce and a raffle. So if you want to go, it's Rosswyn, R-O-S-W-Y-N, Streatham Common South. It's where all the cars will be going on Sunday for 12 o'clock, OK? And uh, that's all the money raised goes to the lovely Lady Rattlings, OK? Princess Anna's companion, Rattling and Barbara Windsor, I think is president at the moment. Is she indeed? Yes. They're the sister organisation to the Grand Order of Water Rats. So go and support them. If you've got nothing to do on Sunday, go there. It's a big, big old house, big old detached house, and it's there. There's lots of famous faces, I promise you. You'll go there, you go, people like that, and they do a lot of good work. So, uh, well done. I hope you have a, a nice day, Avril. Thank you very much indeed. I'll tell you what, send it in to me again, because I lose things, me. Send it in Sunday morning. I'll give you a mention on Sunday morning as well, because I'm in that kind of mood. I'm just, I'm just, I'm too nice sometimes. Too nice. Uh, Maggie says as well, this weekend, it's the Chipperfield Baptist Church Flower Festival. They've got coffee, light lunches and cream teas on Saturday, cream teas on Sunday, and then coffee and cream teas on Monday. And that's from Saturday, 10 till 5, Sunday, 2 till 5, and Monday, 10 till 5. So, Chipperfield Baptist Church Flower Festival. It's all going on this it weekend. It sounds wonderful, but it also sounds like diet on Tuesdays. It's, yes, I was going to say, <laughs> eat all these cream... Do you know, I, do you know I would, there was an actress in Hollywood, I can't remember who it was, and she had a liking for cream cakes... And the, the directors kept saying to her, listen, you cannot eat cream cake. Make a million dollars, eat cream cakes. She said, I think she was foreign. She might have said, I think I do this. So she made a million dollars and then spent the rest of her life eating cream cakes because she didn't need to diet. A bit like Natalie Cassidy doing the Strictly Come Dancing. She said uh, in the paper, she said, I'm sick to death of people talking about my weight. This is the woman... You have to read Amanda Platell today, because it's very funny. She says, Natalie who? This is the woman who spent most of her time talking about her weight and flogging us a DVD, telling you how to lose weight. So she's quite clearly very concerned about it. But Amanda Platell, very funny. Very, very funny today. Talking about all the people going to Strictly Come Dancing, including, you know, a boxer with two left feet. Might better sort of dance around a ring, but that's completely different to dancing around a floor. As I say, he's just finished with his girlfriend... Joe Louise, or whatever her name is, Joe Emma, or something, and uh, and the reason is he's bored. Once they stop fighting, they then they then sit down. They go, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do. So in his his case, he's going to put on sequins and go on to Strictly Come Dancing, and then you'll see just how boring most of these people are. There you go. I'm feeling very benevolent this morning, actually, for a Thursday. <laughs> Nick Ferrari's got James Brokenshire, the uh, Conservative MP for Hornchurch and Raynham who bought a ticket for my show there at the Queen's Theatre. And uh, he's going to be doing the papers today. They're looking at the standard of nursing. They're also doing, does fasting affect your work efficiency? I should think so. Of course it does. I would think so. Wouldn't you think so? Of course it does. I can barely function without popping a little something in as the programme goes on. Uh, And they're also talking to kids having a mobile phone. Should children have mobile phones? Now, you know that for Nathan's 10th birthday, was it 11th? He got a mobile phone. I bought him a mobile phone because he uses it like all his friends do for texting. He doesn't really use it for phone calls. He uses it for texting. So we got him unlimited text. Well, nobody text. talks anymore. They don't, do they? Text. Have you noticed that? People stand outside a door and they've got two cups of tea. As opposed to going, can you open the door? They kick the bottom of the door. This is supposed to indicate that they want the door opening. Mm. Steve! 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 Sorry. 
I had to just do it. I've got this overwhelming urge. Toro, sorry about that. Quarter to seven. News headlines, Katie Radley. Thank you. Some NHS nurses are being accused of subjecting elderly parents. Jane says, can you wish Gary and Daniel, Steve, a very happy holiday in Spain? Wish I was going with them. Well, stow away in the luggage. What the heck? Steve the Builder says, back in the 50s, my mum used to leave her front door open in the East End. Came home after shopping one day. Gas cooker was gone. <laughs> That's the trouble with those East End people. The gas cooker. The gas cooker. Blimey. Yeah. Well, nowadays, if you leave a house empty for too long, people go in there and strip it out of fireplaces and all sorts of things. You've got to be very careful. Do you think the climate campers chose Blackheath because they knew that Nick Ferrari will mention them, Steve? Oh, I'm sure he's thrilled and he'll probably be waving to them from the back of the limousine this morning as he's being ferried in <laughs> after, after the builders have gone in and boarded up his windows. Uh, I've just checked my GCSE results online. All A's and above... So very happy. What's above an A? A plus. Oh, is it? Oh, right. Or, or an A with honours or whatever it is. Oh, right. Oh. I don't know. Maggie says, wasn't Alison Hammond, the big black bubbly girl on this morning, also on Big Brother? She was, actually, yes. She was. And, um, and Nikki Graham, of course, was in Big Brother. I mean, she's balmy as a brush, I'm afraid. It's not working. <laughs> oh, it's working. Do you remember that one? We played that so many times on LBC when they were all doing things with their iPods or whatever it was. And she stood there and she did this complete breakdown. <laughs> oh, it's working. <laughs> it was just the funniest thing ever. Paul. <laughs> A man claims to have unearthed a picture of the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, goodness. Another one. Jason Cook spotted Nessie while browsing the Google Earth satellite photos. The shape seen in the loch is 65 feet long God. and appears to have an oval body a tail and four legs or flippers. Jason of Nottingham said, I couldn't believe it. It's just like the descriptions of Nessie. Researcher Adrian Shine of the uh, Loch Ness Project said, this is really intriguing, it needs further study. In order to see the object, if you're interested at all, coordinates our latitude 57 degrees, 12 minutes, 52, 13 north, and longitude 4 degrees, 34 minutes, 14, 16 west. Need to be entered into it's like doing the shipping forecast. And you can see it. Really? Yes. Finisterre. Yes. Dogger Bank. <laughs> Finisterre. And that, a lovely advert on the television you say, fishermen in the North Sea use Neutrogena hand cream. I thought, <laughs> not if they want to be fishermen, they don't. If they want to be pansy fishermen, they might use hand cream. You can just see, they used to do this advert, there's these fishermen being thrown about, and then they get out Neutrogena. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. This <laughs> is to make their hands soft. That's that right. kind of work? I don't think so. I'm sorry, we're fishing in the North Sea. Oh, my hands are so rough today. They really are. I don't know how we've coped. <laughs> Richie says, I was so looking forward to hearing the new Whitney Houston yesterday. Why don't you pre-record Steve's music bit? We'd be none the wiser. Actually, surprisingly... We do pre-record it. We have to download it when we come in. It comes in as a, as a, as a, as a download. Oh, he means a whole section. Pre we can't do it. See, the trouble, we'd have to get up, you know, ridiculous. Some awful hour of the morning, Richie, as you know. I was also looking forward to hearing it. I was terrible. Uh, Mark says, could you say a massive well done to everybody who got some of their results online? One of my friends got 100 out of 100 in her RE exam. Grief. Do people still do RE? Blimey. 100 out of 100. They must be making it Can't too easy. Happy birthday to Perry. And uh, 78 today. And uh, that's from Nina. Having lunch in, uh, in Gauchos, overlooking the river to celebrate. Is that uh, what the bottom of Church Street are you? Where's, where's Gauchos? I don't know where that is, actually. So, uh, happy birthday, Perry. 78 years young today. How lovely. How lovely. Sounds nice. Paul. 
Steve, um, another one here. <laughs> An, a man who has been jobless for six months has offered himself for work on eBay. This oh, is yeah. a very quick story because there's nothing to it. Uh, Richard <laughs> Lloyd from uh, Golka near Huddersfield claimed he could be an outstanding employee. The former pub boss said he'll consider any role, but he's yet to receive a job offer. Oh. Want to come here? can make tea or something on the programme. That'd be nice. I always admire people when they sort of when they really put themselves out to try and find a job and they become, mm. you know, very inventive. Very inventive. Uh, don't forget my, my Dell laptop. Oh, go on, have a go for it. Go on. In how low reverse auction. It's got 160 gigabytes of hard drive. Be a nice present to have, wouldn't it, at the end of today. Lowest unique bid will win. That's the lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 6pm. Text LBC, followed by your bid in pence, and send it to treble 821. So LBC... Follow by your bid in pence and send that to treble eight two one. The bid will cost one pound fifty, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at six p.m. You must be over sixteen. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. Ted Kennedy died yesterday. Did indeed. They called him in the paper day the senator of Slees. He loathed Britain, and they said to him, "So why did Gordon Brown knight him?" I mean, he was uh, in truth an unprincipled drunk, a sexual bully, and a coward. That's what he was. I mean, it was all very well documented. But the whole family, most people, for, for America's sort of so-called first family. I mean, he, he could never... This is a man who abandoned a young woman, could never live up to his, uh, his murdered brothers. And the Daily Mail have done a big feature on him today. They're the ones who've called him the Senator of Sleaze. Here's uh, Muhammad Ali and his frail farewell to Britain. Although he must be coining it on this at 15 grand a pop for people sitting next to him. That's some going, isn't it? Some going. And um, apparently a goldfish bowl, life in a goldfish bowl, is a lot more exciting than you think. Really? I've never actually thought about it, to be honest with you. I really haven't. And um, apparently there's a, there's a number of Muslims who are cross-dressing now because for the third time we've had a robber wearing a burqa, so it's a man wearing women's clothing, raiding a store. He mm. turned up in a full burqa and he raids a store. Three times this has happened now. Well, I think three strikes. I think we should ban it like... Um, like France. Like France does. Absolutely. I think it's a case of, you know, you make people take their motorbike helmets off when they go into banks and stuff like that. This as well, you should have, uh, you should have it sorted out. He then produces a knife and uh, made off with 150,000. You know, it's, uh, for me, it's yet another uh, uh, instance of reverse racism in this country. Yeah. And uh, it's about time we stop this nonsense. There's another heartbroken father in the paper today. His uh, son, I'm afraid, joined the lorry surfing craze. Have you ever heard of this? Lorry surfing. Lorry surfing. What they do is, this uh, lad was drunk, so that kind of explains it. He jumps on a lorry, a big lorry. The idea is, when it stops at traffic lights, you let yourself off. Mm. This one doesn't stop at traffic lights. All the lights go green. They then get onto the motorway. He oh. clung on the top of it for five miles before he got caught up in cables and fell off. He desperately tried to pull himself up, but he was dragged beneath the wheels. I can't help feeling that if parents are listening and your children get up to lorry surfing, and his, his father says, don't die like my son. I mean, surely this is common sense. You know, if you stand, if you jump onto the top of a lorry and it doesn't stop at traffic lights, there's a very good chance you're going to be thrown off or at worst killed. Most sensible people would know this. Unfortunately, this poor man's son was a drunk, climbed on top, and this thing headed down the motorway. I mean, just unbelievably stupid. Also, kids, unfortunately, think they're indestructible, don't they? They do when they've had a few drinks. They do when they're 18. Mm. And, 
th- they are just daft anyway nowadays. This this drunk culture in the country, I think, is just getting worse and worse. I thought we were getting better, but it's it's gone back the other way. Anyway, sadly, no more time. We have to say thank you to Paul Savory. You're welcome. Uh, what? What? Nothing. I'm what? just saying. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> smiling to myself. <laughs> Thinking, what a nice day it is. What a nice day it is. What a nice day. There was a British version of High School Musical. It was called Britannia High, says Richie. That's right. It lasted about three minutes. That's right. They actually dropped that and for, for some reason. I think it was due to, uh, due to lack, lack of, of interest. Lack of interest, I'm afraid, <laughs> which is dreadful. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Gauchos is in Swallow Street. Thank you very much indeed. That's just what we needed to know. Listen, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Paul's back with us next week on the programme. Yep. It's funny we picked the same holiday, isn't it? Isn't it? How strange. You going somewhere exotic and me not going somewhere I'm exotic. I'm going to Rotterdam for a day. Oh, dear God, it I went there once. Oh, <laughs> don't. I'll tell you about Rotterdam after the news. Uh, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Don't forget to, uh, to podcast. Don't forget to, to download and to check all about it and have a look at all the pictures and our rogues gallery on the Steve Allen page of LBC. Nick Ferrar is with you next after the news on 97.3. Imagine I want to go online to do extensive research on something dear to my heart.